Hello, my friends. Thank you for listening. This is the Joe Martino Show, and today we're going to talk about what else? We're going to talk about the COVID-19 virus, sort of. What we're actually going to talk about is emotions. Beth from my hometown of Lowell, Michigan writes in, it's my hometown now, it's not the town I grew up in, and asks a question that I answer, and we're going to talk about emotions and shouting over each other. There's a difference between what we feel and our behaviors. Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome. What should we talk about today? So many different things we could talk about. Obviously, wherever you go, You're hearing about the COVID-19 virus, the coronavirus. You're hearing what you should call it or you shouldn't call it. And people on both sides of that issue are uh, shouting at each other. In fact, I think that's what I want to talk about today. What about the shouting at each other? One of the things that happens, I talked last week about how one of the things that happens when we are engaged in fear and grief, we want to control things. What what is happens when fear reaches the levels that I believe it's at in our country currently is we want to control not just our things, but we want to control everyone else. In fact, Beth from Lowell writes in, and this is what she wrote to me. Beth writes, Dear Joe, I'm on a Facebook community page that you are also a member of, and I wondered if you saw the post where people were trying to figure out how they report people for doing things that they don't think they should be doing. Uh, one guy actually said, my neighbor just left in his car and I'm certain he has no need to be out on the road. How does this guy know? Does he know if his neighbor's going to the grocery store? Does he know if his neighbor's going to a doctor's appointment? He doesn't. I'm really concerned that we've lost our mind and our way in this pandemic. How do I help? What are your thoughts? Beth and Lowell. First of all, Beth, I'd like to thank you for writing in. I'd like to thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I think you bring up a good point um, that there's a balance here. Certainly, I I believe as part of the decree, there is a a number set up. And I know that local police departments and other law enforcement agencies have uh, set up uh, numbers for us to report violators of the governor's edict uh, so, so there is a, a civic responsibility there. Uh, I, I, would, I don't know the guy. I, I didn't see the post. I'm not sure what, what page you're talking about. But I would also question how he knows what his neighbor's needs are or are not and how he knows where his neighbor's going. I, I, to get to your last question, I do think the best way that we can help is to just offer kindness and grace on repeat. Kindness and grace on repeat. Be as kind and as gracious as possible to people. We are living in highly unusual times. Uh, if, if a year ago someone had said, this is what's going to happen next March and April, I think we all would have laughed at that person. We would have called them a conspiracy person. We, we, would, not have, we, we would have never come to the conclusion that this was going to be here today. And so, you know, how do you help? It, it certainly is. I, I will say this. I would encourage you to really limit your social media interaction with places and sites like that. Um, I'm a, I'm a Facebook fan. I'm a social media fan, and I'm limiting my uh, my my interaction, my 
because it's just like just today I got on Snapchat to snap my daughter's something and I was in the part where they kind of give you aggregate and just sensationalized headlines. I do believe that the media uh, is willing to sensationalize things. And I believe that you can believe that and take this virus seriously. And I'm not seeing that balance in society. You can be prepared. You can take it seriously. You can, you know, practice good social distancing. And at the same time, you can be skeptical of all the things you're hearing from the media. Let's not forget that not that many months ago, there was a picture of a guy standing in a water puddle pretending that was a flood when people walked behind him. Uh, We've had, you know, a number of years ago, I think 2012, there was the great shark uh, feasting uh, of the summer, and it turned out that there was actually less shark attacks that summer than any other summer, but it was a slow news cycle. And, and there is, at the end of the day, we do have to, we have to hold some, te- some truths in tension. A sign of intelligence is to be able to hold two realities that are in tension uh, at the same time. And, and one of those is that the news media is our source of information. I actually think that's a bad thing. And I don't have a better solution, so I don't know what to say about it. And at the same time, we can be skeptical of the information that they're giving us, or at least the sensational or the degree of it or that. And it's very difficult to hold those two intentions because typically we want to live at extremes because living at an extreme is comfortable because we can be 100 zero. And, and I want to illustrate this. Yesterday, uh, I was checking my, I get a couple news uh, sources sent to my inbox, and I was on Facebook, and uh, I was talking to somebody, and they asked me if I saw the picture of a local Meyer. which if you're not local, Meyer's just a grocery store that's pretty well uh, established here in Michigan, started here in West Michigan, and it's now uh, in, in the Midwest. I, I know it's in Ohio. I believe it's in other Midwest states. Uh, And it was 7 a.m., and there was a bunch of elderly people lined up to get into the store at like 6.55. And I'm going to call him out, Leon Hendricks of uh, one of the local news stations, who I like Leon. I've met him. I think he's a nice guy. He's got a gorgeous son, uh, just a little baby. I think he's like 15 months, Uh, maybe probably older than that now. I don't know. I get As I get older, I get worse with time. But he puts up, you know, this article with this picture. Here is a picture of, I think, the Jenison Meyer seven hours after the governor's ordered lockdown. Well, okay, I've got questions. I agree that they were all lined up. And the comments were, were awful. People are afraid, and when they're afraid, they give in to anger. Anger is a secondary emotion. The second half of this podcast, we're going to talk about emotions. But so people are afraid, and, and, and when they're, people are afraid, we typically cover up our fear with anger. And so they went off about these people. They're, I mean, they're calling them stupid. They deserve to die was one comment. I actually screenshotted it. Screenshotted it? I, I made a screenshot of it. How's that? For those of you that just died because I used screenshotted, and for those of you that are laughing at me, I made a screenshot of it. Because I'm going to write about this. At some point, I want to write a book about all of this. Uh and so I took a screenshot of it, and the comments were just awful. And then finally somebody's like, well, wait, we've told them not to go any other time except for the first hour that they're open. What do you want them to do? And someone's like, well, they could wait in their car. But a lot of these people are going to struggle to get around. It's going to take them about an hour to get in the store, get what they need, and get out. And so 
I get it. People are afraid and they're afraid that if we don't social distance, that this is going to spread and it's going to shut down the world and the world's going to end and all that. And I get it. We're afraid. But all of those people, they just checked out of their critical thinking that, that we're just using vitriol against those people. And they didn't try to think it through completely. Now, could those, could those people that were lined up have done some things better? Probably. But isn't that true of all of us? That's the essence of grace. People are messy. We're broken. I often tell couples, if you had a broken leg, would you beat yourself up because you limped? And, and, and emotionally, socially, we're broken people. I know that this doesn't work. There's just so much going on in 2020. And we believe that we're, you know, the most evolved we've ever been. But at the end of the day, we all still have insecurities. We all still have hurts. We all still have fears. And we have to have grace. Even for those people who wrote those horrible, awful, vitriol comments that were disgusting. We have to have grace for the people that wrote those. This is why one of the rules of communication that we talk about all the time around here is making a difference between dealing with the issue and the person. You'll notice, and and maybe I did, I hope I didn't, I'm going to go back and listen to it. I tried really hard never to do this. I'm not saying that those people are awful, that those people are terrible, that 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 they're vitriolic. I'm saying that their comments were terrible, their comments were awful, and that their comments were vitriolic. It's really important that we make a distinction between what people do and the person. And in this day and age, in this time where we are on lockdown and there are people that are scared, we're we're scared of this for a host of reasons, we have to have grace for each other. So if by chance you and your neighbor have a six-foot conversation, six-foot-apart conversation, Maybe you can work grace and kindness into the conversation for him. Maybe you can just listen to him about his fears. Because most of the people that are angry, they're afraid of something. And it's really important that we understand that rarely does anger come first. Anger comes second. So again, thank you for writing in, Beth. I appreciate it. Um, I hope that that answers your question I am afraid that we've lost our way in how we're responding to this virus. I am afraid that we are just blatantly giving into the fear in how we treat each other. And, and we're just, we're okay with, with just really poor behavior online. I hope it stays there. Not that that's good, but that's better than poor behavior in real life. And the flip side of that is there's a lot of really cool stories going on about how people are responding to this in good ways. There are organizations giving away food. There are organizations making sure that people are fed. There are organizations that are helping people. People are coming together. People are uh, upping their technology game, which I'm always a fan of. I'm always a fan of people uh, increasing their technology knowledge and use. And so there is a lot of positives coming out of this. I hope that Uh, Those continue, and I hope that we hear a lot more about those. Okay, let's use this as a transition to talk about emotions. One of the things that my wife and I are convinced of is that we do not spend enough time as a society talking about emotions, talking about the feelings that we have when we are engaged in anything. And a lot of times feelings and emotions kind of get 
conflated. They're, they're used synonymously, and, and by and large, colloquially, that's fine, but they're not exactly the same thing. One of the things to understand is that feelings are typically triggered by something and felt in the moment, and emotions are something that we tend to carry longer. And so one of the things that's going on right now is we're under prolonged stress and prolonged fear, which is which is helping us have prolonged anxiety, and we're anxietizing about the future. How are we going to pay our bills? I, I, I know couples that are going through a divorce, and the husband just isn't helping the wife out. Sir, you are not a good person in your actions if you're not helping your family out in a situation like this. That's just real life. That's just a fact. Now, I don't know the whole story, and you know I'm sure he has his own style of it, but you boil it all the way down, you still have an issue with, I still have an issue with, hey, you know what? You're not doing the right thing. And I find myself getting angry because I, 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 I feel in, that there's an injustice happening. And that's on top of everything else I'm feeling like, hey, how am I going to pay my bills? My phone was ringing and that's my student loan uh, servicer wanting a payment. Uh, oh, we got this bill to pay and that bill to pay. And our rent for our buildings isn't, uh, we, we don't have that cash right now, or we do have that cash, but we don't have cash here. And people are struggling. Like normally I have, Wednesday is my busiest day uh, of the week. And today I have two clients or three clients that I'm seeing. That's not a very busy day uh, for me. And so that's a loss of income. My, my employees are not seeing people. So now I'm worried about my income and their income my ability to pay bills and their ability to pay bills. This is prolonged stress. It creates an emotional state of angst in me. By and large, I'm pretty good with anxiety. I, I honestly, I don't get it much. I don't, I don't experience a lot of anxiety. And, and I know that there are people like, oh, good for you. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, aloof or light of the situation. I just don't typically experience a lot of anxiety. And even just the other night, I woke up at three in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. I did a painting on my phone. Uh, I was almost going to say I did a painting so that you would think I'm very artsy, but I'm not. My poor daughter, who is very artsy, uh, gives me a hard time that I call that painting. But it's a great app. It's called Oil Painting. It's free. Uh, you can download it and you can pay for it if you want. There's something you can pay for. But So I did that and it calmed me and I went through every trick, every technique that I knew and I finally fell asleep and it was fine and it worked. But when we start thinking about emotions, we have to have, and this goes back to my conversation with Beth in the first part of this podcast episode, we have to have uh, a, a, a space for grace and kindness because the emotion that we're seeing probably isn't the one that's driving the person in front of us. I want to say that again. The emotion that you're seeing probably is not the one that's driving the person in front of you. So if you're seeing anger, there's something else going on there. And it's probably fear. Because let's be honest, we have a lot to be afraid of. Our leaders, I hate that word for our government because we don't work for the government. They're not in charge of us. In, in this country, they actually work for us. And, and, I, and language matters. I've got a podcast episode ready to go when all of this craziness is over that talks about why language matters and how much it matters. And when people say, well, you know, we just have to follow our government. We serve our government. We don't serve our government. Our government serves us. Okay, rant over. Obviously, this is not a scripted episode. This is more straight from the heart and the hip. So hopefully that doesn't turn uh, you off. 
But our government is fighting over how to best help us. My governor is pointing the fingers at my president and my president is pointing the fingers at my governor and everybody's barking at everybody. And a congressman from my district who is independent is threatening to hold up this stimulus package, which some people say is good. Other people say, where's the money going to come from? And then everybody starts shouting at each other. And we've lost the ability to process. And that's what I want to go after. That's what I want you to go after. I want to mobilize an army of empathetic uh, social listeners who look for emotions in people and create conversations to process. One of the things that we have to do is we have to accept the fact that we're going to feel fear. We're going to be afraid. And, And that's okay. Like when I said earlier, we have a lot of things to be afraid of. Part of my brain wrestles with that because in some, do we really? Like, yes, we do because there's this going on. What we really have is a lot of unknown. We have people hurting people. We have people stuck at home with their abusers. We have people stuck at home with domestic violence perpetrators. We have people who can't work and have bills to pay and aren't sure where they're going to get food. And there's a lot that is uncertain and unknown. And when we stay in that place, we start to develop an emotional state of being of fear, which will often trigger feelings of anger. We'll be snappier with our kids, with our neighbor, with our spouses, with our partners, because we're not processing the fear. And so I want you to think about emotions like a ladder. There's primary emotions. That's the very first step on the ladder. There's secondary emotions. That's the second step. There's tertiary emotions. That's the third step. We're not even going to touch those today. But we want to think about the fact that when they're, the people that you're in contact with, you know, if, you're, if you are in a teleconference with someone, if you're video chatting with someone, grace and kindness can alleviate some of that emotional fear. When they're afraid, rather than telling them they can't be afraid or they shouldn't be afraid, or here's one that drives me nuts. There are people that are legitimately grieving what they've lost in all of this, right? They've lost graduation, spring break trips, uh, employment, you know, income. And people are like, like, well, who do you want to die? How much is grandma worth? That's a stupid argument. That is literally a stupid argument. It's stupid. It's dumb. I don't want grandma to die. And I can grieve that I did that. I'm not allowed to graduate, that I'm not allowed to walk. Think about all the time and effort that has gone in to to being able to graduate, to to get through. I mean, look, I've got a couple degrees. It's a lot of work. And the higher you go, the more work there is. And I'm not sure you learn as much, but that's a whole different day. But there's a lot of work to it. People who are afraid that they're not going to be able to pay their bills. Or how about this one? They're afraid that they're not going to be able to properly clean their bum because people are hoarding TP. You're allowed to be afraid. I I, want to tell you right now, you're allowed to grieve this. You're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be hurt. You're allowed to be scared. What you shouldn't allow yourself to do is to treat others poorly because you're afraid, because you're scared, because you're grieving. Grieving, that's on that first step. And and what's happening is, is we get afraid, we're, and when we experience the fear and the discomfort and the grief, we're trying to control what other people do to our detriment, to our society's detriment. One of the problems that this uh, situation ha- has illustrated 
is we don't have a place in our society to talk about emotions that aren't happy. We don't have a place to grieve. We, right? What the joke, this joke's been around since I was a teenager, and I'm a long ways removed from being a teenager. When people say, hey, how are you? They don't really mean, how are you? They're just saying hi. That's just a long way to say hi. But the problem with that is because we all just want to go get our job done. And one of the things that I think is going to be positive that comes out of this is we are kind of learning it's okay to slow down a little bit. I hope. I hope that's something we're learning. And at the same time, we're grieving. And so I want you... I want you to be on the front lines of being an empathetic listener. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, when you're listening to someone grieve, you don't have to tell them they shouldn't grieve. Just try to find a way to sit there with them. You don't even have to have anything to say. Now, there is a way that you can you can uh, share in that moment with them. We call it mirroring. You might have heard it as active listening. It's just taking what they say and reflecting it back to them, showing some empathy. So, you know, I was talking to somebody who's, who's really sad that they are uh, going to miss their graduation. You know what? I that sucks. I have a friend that lost his job like three days before all of this broke loose uh, because of the type of work he does. He's a 1099 employee, so he can't get unemployment. And all of the places that he was looking at as potential, you know, next steps, told him yesterday that they were uh, putting everything on hold until after the governance, the governor's, well, excuse me, after the governor's lockdown was lifted. Well, not, not surprisingly, yesterday was kind of an emotional roller coaster for him. And I literally just, we talked on the phone. He lives on the other side of the state. We literally just sat in that stink and I just listened to him. And you can do that too. Instead of getting mad at older people, and can we just kill the phrase, okay, boomer? I'm just sick of it. First of all, most of the people I hear using it, are using it to Gen Xers. And as a Gen Xer, like I, I, that makes me want to be like, what you don't, what are you talking about? But can we just stop dismissing people because of their age? Can we just stop saying, oh, that old person, blah, 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 this is for them. One of the things that a lot of older people that I know, and I know a lot of them because of my job, because of my field, my kids would tell you because I'm old, they're struggling with balancing out how do I live my life and, and at the same time be smart, which I think we're all struggling with. What does it mean to live our life? So later on today, I'm going to go to a park and go for a walk. Now, last time I went, last Wednesday, I was able to do that. And I saw somebody that I see regularly. And we stopped and talked from like eight feet away. Is that living our life now? It is right now. And and the elderly people that I know, they're trying to figure that out because when they're home, here's the problem with, with social isolation. And I'm not arguing for or against this whole lockdown. But here's what I'm telling you is a reality. For people who have anxiety, being stuck at home is a great way to create more anxiety. It's a fertile breeding ground for more anxiety. And if we're going to actually move the needle on grace and kindness, we have to be willing to accept that and listen to their anxious thoughts, to listen to their anxietizing, listen to their fears without telling them what to do. Part of that is, is, is again, all or nothing. We, we've, we've tried to eliminate judgment out of our society. And at first blush, that sounds like a great statement. Well, we just don't judge anything. But the truth is we have to be able to critically think about things, which is judgment. At the same time, we have to have wisdom to know when we engage in critical thinking, especially critical thinking about something else, something that someone else is saying. So a lot of times, one of the things that I tell people is a lot of times, 
you need to find out when the other person's talking to you, hey, are you looking for me to like share my thoughts on this or, or, or is it best if I just listen? I think most people would respect that. Most people would be okay with that. Now, I have an inner circle of people that I've, I've told them, look, if I'm starting to offer you an opinion and you just want me to listen, just say, hey, I just need you to listen. And it's good. I can do that. I do that with my kids. Okay, so are you looking for my opinion or do you want me to just listen? Here, here's what I'm suggesting. It's okay for people to feel anything. It's not okay for them to bully people. It's not okay. Like, you know, I, I talk to people. I worked at, when, I, when I worked at a hospital, some of the people I worked with were anxious. And when they would get anxious, they would do things that, that actually weren't productive in the long term. And sometimes that would get them fired. Or their boss would cover it up. One guy threw his keys through a window and his boss covered it up. And eventually that guy ended up not being very employable. And, and one of the things that happens for people is we either shout them down, which I want us to avoid, or we cover up their behaviors, which I want us to avoid. We've got to work at finding the middle ground of, of listening to what they're feeling even validating that they're feeling it, and at the same time, finding a way to partner with them to challenge what they're feeling or what they're doing in what they're feeling. And, and that's an important distinction. Like, so, so for me and my wife, we might challenge what we're feeling, right? My wife might say to me, okay, you know what? Like yesterday, I found out one of my clients has uh, very aggressive cancer. I was sad. And, and she didn't challenge that at all. She was like, man, I'm really sorry. That sucks. Because as a counselor, you you... You want what's best for your clients and, and getting very aggressive cancer in your 40s is not what's best. And so she didn't challenge that. There are other times when I have felt, you know, down or discouraged. She's challenged it or she's just sat there with me. And part of that is just figuring out it's part of being in relationship. One of the things that I once had a client tell me that I've never forgotten is that relationship is bravery. And so this does require bravery. In this time of fear, in this time of people shouting each other down, to go against that requires bravery. It requires courage. Courage originally means to tell our story. There's a, you know, a slight... Today, a lot of our words get used synonymously. When they first came about, they actually meant something different, but in the same vein. It's kind of like saying, you know, if you go to New York City or you go to Detroit, uh, you're going to meet people that are all from Detroit, but they're different. Uh, and, and kind of the same thing with words. Encouragement originally to tell our story. And so I, I want us to tell a story of courage and bravery that we were able to, to experience dark emotions with people without shouting them down. We were able to see people be afraid and express it in anger. And while loving them, encourage them to be kind to other people with grace and not allow their fear to drive them to poor behaviors. I long for that day. I please go out and do that. As you listen to other people, as you interact with other people via social media, uh, via uh, video sessions, right? A lot of people are, are going to, to video type things to hang out with people. There's even people playing games, you know, get a group of people together via Zoom or whatever, and they're playing games together. And I think that's all great. And I think it's good and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And at the same time, try to listen to people's uh, story. Try to listen to their fears. Try to listen to their struggles and just sit there with them. Let's create an army of empathetic listeners that are able to just sit in emotions with people. I want you to know I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening. 
Uh, if you find value in this, please share it with your friends via social media or even word of mouth. That's always good too. Uh, just stay six feet away, uh, minimum. I really do appreciate you all so much. I appreciate the emails of encouragement, the Facebook posts of encouragement. Uh, it's okay to be afraid. You didn't ask for this. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. Uh, even the most ardent of preppers didn't prep for all of this. Or, or I'm going to guess most of them didn't. This is a hard time. It's an unusual time, and it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to feel fear. Uh, it's okay to be overwhelmed. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.